Boom, put boom, boom, A side, B side, what side are you on? Well, how's it going? It's another week here at A side, B side podcast. What's up, Adam? Uh, not too much. How are you, Brooke? Pretty good. Pretty good. See anything good this week? Uh, I actually spent a lot of time uh, trying to catch the end of summer with uh, kid events. And so I was able to go to my oldest uh, theater production again and a choir concert and went on a, a picnic and walk with them trying to do the last bit of summer. So I didn't really watch as much as I normally do. I did start the new uh, Fantasy Island. I just that? saw that when I was on Hulu scrolling to get to Love Island. I was like, Fantasy Island, is this the movie? And it said Fox. And I was like, oh, it's a series. Is it good? Um, you know, I I only got about 20 minutes in before I kind of got bored. I got to be honest. Yeah, see that whole, ah, oh, ah, that just lets me know I don't even need to start it. Yeah, I just, I wanted to give it a try because, like, it's so weird, like, nothing new has come out you know for like the last two weeks it's been you know the olympics everywhere yeah and so like you know there were a lot of sports that were on hiatus and like my cooking shows with uh gordon ramsay were all like waiting for the olympics to be over and so it felt like everything was just like on pause and they're like oh hey here's this new show and i was like well you know it's something new coming out let's give it a try and i just i like rosalind sanchez and the idea of Fantasy Island has always been more interesting than any episodes I've seen. So is she the new Mr. York? Yeah. So it's she's like the grand niece of Ricardo Montalban. Okay. And it's, I mean, I just, it didn't hook me. I was like, okay, the first episode revolves around a TV anchor who is constantly hungry and feels like uh she has to like be on these fad diets all the time because she's on tv every day and people comment on it and and then her fantasy was like to eat anything she wanted and not gain weight and i was like okay well that's that's cool i guess isn't that every girl's dream though i mean come on yeah i mean anybody is your dream but and i was like okay i mean i guess that's interesting and then the other one was a couple and the wife has terminal cancer and they want to just enjoy like, you know, uh, one last week of just not being in pain and have a good time. And they go to a waterfall and they like turn into them young, their younger selves. And, you know, they're having a great time. I just like, Oh, okay. But Hmm. I I don't know. I guess I was kind of spooked by, cause didn't Jordan Peele do a movie like horror version of fantasy island was that jordan peels maybe i'm just uh there was a horror version of fantasy okay. island i didn't i didn't realize that that was jordan peels though it might not be i just i guess i'm at the point now where yeah it was, oh it's blumhouse so it wasn't okay, jordan yes. Peele. it was blumhouse my bad uh so i guess i just assume at this point i'm just like well every horror movie is jordan, jordan peele, peele. <laughs> but, but in reality it's every horror movie is jordan peele or blumhouse <laughs> Which is the truth, yes, yeah. at this point, yes. So it was like, it was last night and I had had a really nice evening. I went out to dinner with my folks and I went to the kids' choir concert and they've been working with this uh, Sunday nights that they would practice with Angelica Cantanti, which is a youth choir that they've been a part of for you know 
12 years, 10, 12 years, uh, which hasn't been able to do anything because of COVID. And so they've been meeting in a park and singing and they had this really nice little concert. It was, you know, about an hour, but it was a great evening. And I got home and I took a nice long walk with the dog. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch some stuff. And I watched an episode of Hell's Kitchen because they're on, they finally were back after two weeks and it's the Young Guns. Another one where I just, I, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not connecting with any of the characters. Hmm. Like it's one of those where like, usually by this point in the season, you're down to 10. You could be like, okay, I like this person. I think this person's going to win. I'm hoping this person does well. And I'm at the point now where I'm just like, eh, I'm not really all that invested in any of them. So that, that's weird. But so after that, I was like, oh, okay. Fantasy Island. I, I decided to record it. And I guess I just, I'd had a, such a nice day. I was scared it was going to turn like scary or like what threw me off at the very beginning, you know, it's got the, the warning. It's like, like adult content, language, nudity, and then violence. I was like, why is there a warning for violence? Although if I remember correctly, not that it was ever really shown, but with the old fantasy Island, I mean, the whole thing was your wishes are always flipped on their head yeah like be careful what you wish for type of thing yeah so i yeah. mean and so i feel like this might be a combination movie slash tv show like they took yeah. bits from the movie bits from the tv show because the movie was a bit violent yeah it so wasn't I, I good was just like, i was just like eh, i don't want to i don't have it in me right now and so i turned it off oh and we need to add a24 into that as well Oh, for all the horror movies, yeah, because yeah. they were the they were the, they did the uh, uh, that the Green Knight, the Green Knight, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I did watch the new Suicide Squad. It's the Suicide Squad because you know the old one is just Suicide Squad, and the new one is right. the Suicide Squad. Um, and they're do they they're not connected. I they don't reference it. Okay, uh, but. I believe it is the same. Yes, I, I believe it is a sequel. They just don't necessarily reference the first one, but the characters, some of the characters know each other and they obviously know each other from the first one. Okay, okay. So it's it's like, hey, we don't want to talk about, you know, we're not gonna, we're not re avenging what happened in the first one. We're not, it's just, you know, that was a thing that happened. Right, and apparently, okay, well, first, let me just say that this one, I liked so much better. It's very okay. funny. Uh, you know, in the first one, they had Will Smith as, what was it, Deadshot? Yeah, I think Deadshot. And then in this one, um, Idris Alba is, oh, goodness, I can't remember his character's name now. Um, he's Bloodsport. So, oh, okay, so they're not. They're not playing the same. I, I didn't. Uh, I messed it up. I thought they were the same. No, they're not the same person. You know, black guys are not interchangeable, Adam. <laughs> I know. I, I know. <laughs> no, they're two to totally different characters. And uh, John Cena's in this one. Uh, Michael Rooker, yeah. which I think is hilarious because I think that um, who did this one again? Who's the director? James Gunn. James Gunn likes Michael Rooker. Yeah, they're like best buds. Yeah, I think I texted yeah. you. Did and I text like, you about it? He, he, like Nathan. Yeah, yeah. Well, because uh, like you were saying, Michael Rooker was in both 
DC and Marvel, but so was Elba because he was uh, he was. Oh, the that's gatekeeper right. He's the gatekeeper in Thor. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Nathan true. Fillion had a had a had a cameo in the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, it was a voice cameo, but he played one of the. Oh, it's guys about in all jail. he has in this one. No spoilers. That's it's not a huge part, but yeah, I f- I figured it, it probably was. I will say that. Um, so with just like with the Justice League, the original Suicide Squad, you know, with the Justice League, they kind of uh, took things over from uh, what's his name, Snyder, Zack Snyder. Yeah. And uh, Zack Snyder had a vision and then the studio came in and they kind of completely revamped it. And that's why so many people kind of thought that an original movie sucked. And then there was like this whole campaign released the Snyder cut. Well, yeah. apparently the same thing kind of happened with David Iyer. David Iyer had one vision for Suicide Squad, which has been panned horribly. And he's like, that's not my movie. So now I guess there's a campaign for like release the Iyer cut. So that may happen at some point. Yeah, I mean, especially with all the streaming options you got now, if like if you can, it's not as like it costs money to put a movie into the theater. You know, you got to like actually send out the tapes and promote it. But like if you've got the cut and you've got a streaming service, it's like might as well. Yeah, I would be I would be very interested to see his version of Suicide Squad because he said it's very, very different. But um, Margot Robbie does a stunt in this movie that is impressive and it is actually her doing a stunt and it it is like when you see you're like well okay margot robbie (laughs) so i mean it's it's neat that she's she played harley in that and then birds of prey which i thought wasn't horrible Uh, yeah i mean it was it was over the top uh intentionally yeah yeah, and that's what I feel like Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad is going to be Yes, too. it is very over the top intentionally. It is, it's got some really funny moments. Um, of course, Idris is great. John Cena is hilarious in it um, because- They're doing like a, like a series with him, aren't they? Well, yes, and that's kind of, yeah, it's kind of, that's a spoiler. Oh, okay. But I mean- <laughs> I knew it was coming because yeah. they've been promoting it on the, the Instagram and stuff. Yeah, but I don't think that was released until after the movie came out. Oh, okay. Because that's like, it, that's an end credit. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the way, the way, the way I had heard it is that it might be like a prequel thing, but. Uh, I don't know. It might be. I don't know. It's not set up that way, but I don't know. Okay. But I also started watching White Lotus on HBO Max, which I was under the impression it was like a murder mystery. And I I have no idea what it is. It is all over the place. It's got Steve Zahn. It's got Connie. um, I can't think of her last name. She was in Friday Night Lights. She was also in uh, Dear John. Was it not Nielsen? No. Connie Nielsen? No. No, that's not. That's a Danish actress. I said Dear Connie Britton, Connie yeah. Britton. yeah. Dirty John. I said Dear John, Dirty John. Um, Connie Britton. It's also got um, uh, Jennifer. Um, oh, gosh. I just literally said her name the other day. Stifler's mom from American Pie. She's oh, also yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Legally Blonde. Uh, Jennifer, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and Alexandria Dario. 
Yeah, Where which is. I know her name and her face, but I've not seen anything that she's in. Jennifer Coolidge, though, it finally came to me. Cool. I knew it was. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was she was like the girlfriend in the first season of White Collar. And then Didn't see it. she she was uh in the Percy Jackson movies. Didn't see it. Oh. Um, <laughs> and then she was in the Baywatch uh movie with The Rock and uh Zach Efron. I don't Zac think Efron. I saw that one. So that's why I'm saying I know her face. I've yeah. never seen anything she's been in, but it is it's funny, it's quirky, it's all over the place. I don't really know where they're going with it. Um, so yeah, watch it. Yeah, I will it so it's it's it again, I am you know weak and uh, I avoid things if I think they're gonna be like it's not violent. Or scary, it's not scary, but it because the, the thriller or the trailer tried to like kind of gave you that feeling like it was gonna be like a murder mystery or things are gonna go bad or it's gonna you know like sort of like a you know uh one of those what was like. Uh, oh gosh what the name of it it was like bad things happen or like some hotel where like all the bad things happen no it's not like that it's actually okay. I, I feel like it's more comedy than anything oh good well I yeah I, I never watched the trailer and like I said I, I was under the impression it was supposed to be a murder mystery but it, it's it's more comedy than anything it's wild it's yeah so yeah, uh, check it out I am I am very excited and I, I've been meaning to talk to this talk to you about this but it's uh, all our neighbors are murderers uh I, i'm trying to think uh it's got steve martin and um is that the one that has selena gomez in it yes uh selena gomez and then um martin short uh and it looks like it like it is so what is, what is it only murderers in the building so it's a Hulu like who done it, and they, there's these three people live in the building, and so there's some murderer, and they and they're the, trying to figure it out. Um, which I mean, I feel like if it doesn't work, I'm going to be so disappointed because it's got like several. It's things got that Steve I love. Martin and Martin Short. How can it not be good? Yeah, and. Selena Gomez and it's a murder mystery like I love all of these things and it's got Nathan Lane Tina Fey Sting uh so you got it's got quite the cast so I'm afraid I'm hopeful it, it's good but it it's comes out at the end of the month but it was one of those things where each time I see the trailer I'm like we gotta talk about that and we just never have hmm well then I'm putting that on my list yeah because I feel like it is, it would be something that we would both enjoy. Yeah, that looks good. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I, one of my, I haven't been watching as much, but I got a bunch of my records out of uh, storage over the last month, and I have two old Steve Martin stand-up records, which uh, are absolutely hilarious. I've been playing them just to kind of like. I will always and forever love the jerk. Oh, uh, he's. I mean. Three Amigos is ridiculous, but still makes me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So are you ready for a B-side? Yes. Yes, I am. All right. So when I say that I love true crime and like my friends love true crime, I hope my friends love true crime on this level because I feel like I would. I feel like I would. Okay. So this is the story of Angela Samata. And 
someone else, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Yeah, we don't we don't want to we don't want to spoil the the reveal. So Angela, aka Angie Marie Samada, was born September 19th of 1964 in Alameda, California. So Angie was a junior at Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas. So she went from California to Dallas and she was studying computer science and electrical engineering, like brains and beauty. Cause she's a very cute yeah. girl. She was also in the sorority Zeta Tau Alpha. So on October 12th of 1984, Angela and two of her friends, Rush, uh, Russell Buchanan and Anita Kadala went to the state fair of Texas. I mean, yeah. Hello. Have you heard about Texas State Fair and the things they make there? Yeah. Minnesota State Fair is always very jealous of the Texas State Fair because Minnesota is evidently the second biggest one, but Texas is bigger. But then we always quibble over. They also have a rodeo, so it doesn't count that they're bigger. <laughs> yeah, the you didn't. Yeah, you didn't think there would going to be that level of, you know, bitterness, but there is. The Texas State Fair always introduces like weird food items that like you're like, does that that shouldn't work? But I'm pretty sure it does. Oh yeah, that's a that's a minute. We do that up in Minnesota too. Okay. Like gator on a stick and like right now, like the big thing is craft beer. Like every, on a every stick? well, no, at, well, yeah, on a stick because they'll put it on like a, a paddle that you put the cup into. So it's on a stick. Uh, but it's like new every local brewery has to come up with something ridiculous for the state fair, whether it's like the s'mores beer or uh, like chocolate covered ice cream, or you know, it's oh, all over the top. So Angie invited her boyfriend to go along with her and her friends to the state fair. His name's Ben McCall, mm -hmm. but he declined because, well, he had to get up really early for work. He's a construction foreman. And I feel like unless you work in a factory, the only other people or, or nurses, the only other people that get up that early, like as early as radio people are like construction people. Cause they're already out by the time I'm leaving for it. They're already out. They're working over, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. After the fair, the three, Angie, Anita, and Russell, then head to the Rio room, which was a dance club. And they stayed there till just after midnight. According to a Rio room employee named David Skelton, Angie did not appear to be intoxicated when the three left the club. Russell, in his testimony, Russell Buchanan, the friend she was with, in his testimony said that while they were at the club, Angie was, quote, going from table to table, talking to people. He also noted that it seemed like she knew everyone. So very bright, very personable, beautiful, smart. Angie has it all going for her. So they leave the club and Angie takes her friends home. She drops off Russell first around 1 a.m. at his apartment on Matilda Street in Lower Greenville, a neighborhood in East Dallas. Russell's apartment was about a five minute walk from Angie's condo in Amesbury. Russell said in court that after he was dropped off, he went to bed and fell asleep. So after Angie drops off Russell, she then drops off Anita. After dropping off Anita, Angie then stops by her boyfriend Ben's apartment to say goodnight. And then she went home. Angie called Ben about 1.45 a.m. And here's where things go weird. So she, you know, stopped by to see him, said goodnight. And then she called him about 1.45, which, you know, it's... I get it. You're just like, okay, I miss you. Good night. And then, you know, you're like, okay, I just wanted to tell you good night again. I get it. You know, like yeah. that's not the weird part. That's not what I'm saying is weird. Ben told police that when Angela called, she sounded nervous. And then he heard noises in the background. 
Then Angie tells him that she had let a man in who had asked to use the bathroom and a phone. Talk to me, she says to Ben. Then she tells Ben, I'm going to call you right back. And she hangs up. Ben's waiting for her to call back. He's waiting for her to call back and she doesn't. So when she doesn't call back, he calls her. She doesn't answer. Now Ben is nervous because he's already heard her sound nervous. He's heard noises in the background. She's let some person in. She's not answering her phone. So Ben gets up. He goes to Angie's place to check on her. When he gets there, the doors are locked. No one answers. So now remember, this is the 80s, okay? So cell phones were not like the big thing back then, but he happened to have an early generation cell phone from work that he used and he called information who then connected him with the police. The police arrive at uh, 2.17 a.m. and they break down the door. When they get inside, they find Angie on the bed. Angie is completely naked and completely covered in blood. Unfortunately, she's also not alive. The autopsy from the medical, the state medical examiner stated that Angie had been raped and stabbed 18 times. She was stabbed in her chest, punctuating her heart. So blood and semen were collected from Angie's body. But again, this is the 80s. DNA evidence was nowhere what it is today. You know, now they collect that. They put it, they run it through CODIS and it's like, boom. you know, if the person's in the system, they're going to get a hit. Right. This, this was the, the 80s. So the, the first two suspects, obviously, because they found semen, Angela's boyfriend, Ben, and her male friend, Russell, who remember was a five minute walk. Mm-hmm. One additional suspect was one of Angie's ex-boyfriends. There was no concrete evidence tying any of them to the case. So none of them were ever charged. During examinations, medical personnel stated that Angie's attacker was a non-secretor. And that cleared Ben and her previous ex. So if you're like me, when I was researching this, I was like, um, what is a non-secretor? Well, do I, do I want to know? Cause I got all the knowledge. I'm going to tell you, actually, just kidding. I I, I had to look it up. Yeah. (laughs) A person who's a secretor secretes or produces or discharges their blood type antigens into their bodily fluids, like their saliva or their, their semen. Okay. A non-secretor does not produce, or if they do, it's very little amounts of their blood type antigen into their bodily fluids. Huh. I don't even, I had no idea that was a thing. I just assumed everybody's DNA was in their blood, their bodily fluids. Well, I guess it's, it's not their DNA. It's their blood type. Like, so different. Yeah. So Russell, her male friend said that she'd gone, that she'd gone out with that night, took a polygraph test. And he passed. So her boyfriend, her current boyfriend, her ex were ruled out because they were not, um, they didn't match the, they, like I said, he was a non-secretor and apparently they were secretors, which just sounds gross. Can we stop saying secrete now? Yeah. I and, think we, we, we know they were, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'm trying to think, is there, is there a better way to say that? There's really not. No. Cause that's the, that's the term. Yeah. And then Russell took a polygraph and he passed. So the case they have no suspects. The case goes cold. 
Well, enter Sheila Waisaki. That was Angie's friend and roommate who attended SMU. I don't know if they were roommates at the time of the incident or previously. I tried to find that out and I, I couldn't. Um, one source said it was at the time of the incident and she and that Sheila was out of town, but I couldn't verify that with any additional source. So Sheila said the murder happened. She said, quote, the murder happened in my entire life and security crumbled. Mm. Sheila made it her mission to find out who was responsible for Angela's death. She even offered to the police to talk to a suspect about their alibi, checked it out. It was verified. Case goes cold. And, you know, life as it does goes on. Sheila Mary had children, but she never, ever really gave up on finding out what happened to her friend and roommate. She was constantly like calling the police and asking for updates, finally frustrated with the lack of info and progress on the case. And with the help of a vision, she said from Angie, Sheila takes things into her own hands. 25 years after Angie's death by becoming a private investigator in Tennessee. She figured if she became a private investigator, then the police would finally work with her, right? Right. No, they didn't. But it was her persistence that helped solve the case, or as they called it, badgering. (laughs) (laughs) So Sheila said they were like sick and tired of hearing from her and they ended up assigning a detective, Linda Crum, to reopen and re-examine the case. You know, she had to be caught. That's why I'm telling you, I feel like I would be this kind of friend. And I hope that my friends that are in a true crime would be this kind of friend as well. Mm. Like, do not give up because it, it takes persistence sometimes. I mean, if there's no, if there's nothing there. You know, every day new technology comes out. You might be able to take that DNA and that that evidence and, you know, it might not be here today, but, you know, next week you don't know what's going to be there. So I admire her persistence. So in 2006, Detective Crumb used DNA evidence from a rape kit that police had initially said was lost uh, in the Dallas floods. Mm. Somehow it was found again. That evidence was blood, semen and fingernail samples. And they used that to try to find a match among the criminal database. The results took two years. In 2008, the results pointed to Donald Andrew Bess, who was 36 at the time of Angela's murder and was on parole while serving a 25-year sentence for aggravated assault and aggravated kidnapping for a crime unrelated to Angela's. He, kill, he committed this crime and killed Angie while out on parole for another violent offense. Mm. In 2008, he was already serving a life sentence at Huntsville Prison in Texas for another unrelated rape, assault, and kidnapping. This guy's a real class act, isn't he? Yeah. Real gentleman right here. The DNA was a perfect match. Donald Best went on trial in 2010 for Angela's murder and was found guilty in her rape and her murder. During the punishment phase of his trial, several women came forward and testified that they had been raped by this absolute monster, including his ex-wife, who said he abused her and their child during their three-year marriage. They married in 1969 and divorced in 1972. 
So on June 8th of 2010, Donald Best was given the death penalty. On March 6th of 2013, the appeal that he had filed was rejected and the judgment stood. On August 13th of 2013, a sin, okay, I want to say this right. Certuary petition was filed to the U.S. Supreme Court. That's a process to get a judicial review of a decision decision made on a lower court. So in April of 2016, the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals refused the appeal submitted by Donald Bess upholding the initial court's rulings. Probably as a result of Sheila, in 2016, the Dallas Police Department reestablished a unit dedicated to researching old cases, cold cases. In 2001, so just to clarify, Donald Best, death penalty, death sentence stands. Um, He is currently still on death row. He's at Polanski Prison in Texas. No set execution date. Angela was laid to rest at the Yano Cemetery in Amarillo, Texas. In 2021, this year, ID Channel's betrayed co-ed killer reenacted the case and included the identification of Donald Bess. Now, what about Sheila? Initially, Sheila said that it was going to be a one and done for her. She became a private eye, a private investigator, because she wanted to help solve Angela's case. She thought, you know what? Okay, I solved it and I'm done. But she was going to give up her PI license. But she, according to her website, she started, which is SheilaWaisaki.com. She started receiving letters from around the world begging for her help because they had mysteriously lost a loved one. She said, I just couldn't say no. She's worked on over 100 complicated cases and was nominated as one of the top 20 best Nashville PIs and voted the number six most influential woman, uh, women private, private investigator. She's been featured in the Washington Post. She's appeared on Anderson Cooper. She's appeared with Katie Couric. She's been on ABC's 2020, Crime Watch Daily, and A&E's I Solved a Murder, which also reenacted the case. She works out of Tennessee and out of Texas. So if you need a private investigator, I'm going to say she might be pricey. I don't know. I haven't looked at her rates, but (laughs) she seems to get the job done. And you know the old joke, like nobody finds out things like women. I mean, she's proving this. She's taking this well, to yeah. a whole nother level. And I mean, if you, you would want somebody that like, you're never going to have, if you hired somebody, they're not going to be as dedicated to the case as somebody who's, you know, has an emotional investment, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's connected to it. Right. Yeah. But that is how best friend Sheila Waisaki helped to solve the case of Angela Samara. That's the B side. So I, I like when there's a not a. It, obviously, there could never be a happy ending. With right. Most of these, but it is, I think, satisfying. It, it is, is satisfying better, because yeah. even though it took 25 years, Angela got justice, and she got justice because her best friend would not let up. Wouldn't wouldn't quit. And that's sometimes you just you just have to take things in your own hands and 
and, and, and just keep at it. But I just, I found that story like way intriguing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and especially like to just look at it from friendship perspective, like I think we all, we all hope we have people that would, you know, go to that level of, you know, dedication to us. I mean, that, that's, that's a pretty intense level of friendship. Right. That's what I'm saying. I would hope. I know my mom would. My mom would be kicking down doors, but I'm hoping there's some friends there helping her out if something was to ever happen. Not going with it. It never does, but I'm just saying. Yeah. If- Let's really hope that never happens. But right. I it, I do like the fictional idea, like if, of of writing, like uh, you know, like short stories about your mom, like creating like a fictional universe where. <laughs> But your mom turns into like this, like equalizer, <laughs> like Queen Latifah level, you know, like Denzel Washington, like going around and like just taking care of business. I think that would be awesome. So just on oh, a fictional, yeah, just on a, a fictional, fictional level, universe. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fictional universe that I want to be a part of. <laughs> I can totally see it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. There is no, I mean the the love of a best friend is is huge but i mean it can't compare it to you know a mother you know the motivation of a mother investigating you know that would be <laughs> a mountain and a molehill there so she is the reason i love true crime so i could totally see it i could totally see it all right so there you go that's the b side so for the a side today uh i have finally uh after many requests uh, from listeners, uh, gotten back to doing a, that guy from that show. And as has been, uh, brought up and mentioned and rightly so I have yet to have uh, that lady from that show. Uh, it's all been guys. And, uh, it was funny because I have, like I said, I haven't been watching a lot of TV lately, but, uh, I have been, uh, at the end of each day, I turn on, you know, uh, Star Trek Next Generation and watch, uh, you know, an episode as I try to fall asleep. And I had totally forgotten uh, that in one episode of season two, uh, there is a very small part uh, play of a um, engineering, uh, a transporter technician uh, on the Enterprise who is played by Terry Hatcher who would then go on to play Lois Lane on uh, Lois and Clark, The Adventures of Superman. And I was like, well, that's really interesting how that, what a big connection there is. And then I was like, well, I'm sure that there are other connections, you know, to, I'm going to find this lady from that show. Uh, And I was kind of doing one of those things, you know how it is, Brooke, when you like put something off, then you put more pressure on yourself to find a really good one. And then it becomes sort of this like bigger mountain to climb. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. this this one, you know, I've waited too long. So I got to really do this right. And now this one's not, you know, good enough. Or I need to have more details or I need to go more in depth. And uh, like I said, Fantasy Island popped up. So I was looking at old Fantasy Island episodes. And I pulled up uh, a Fantasy Island episode, just reading through some synopsis and guest stars and things. And all of a sudden, a guest star of an episode in night actually guest starred on two episodes in the 80s uh popped up and it was also somebody that connected to a recent 
uh, a side that we have done uh, just a couple of weeks ago about Night Court and also somebody who unfortunately recently passed away. And so I started looking into the background of uh, Marky Post. And it was interesting because it's, she was one of those names where I always was like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like I've seen her and stuff. And yeah, she's in Night Court. And even going through all the obituaries and all the headlines when somebody passes, it's got to be so hard for headline writers to encompass, you know, this is somebody who was 70 when she passed away, started or has her first major film credit in 1979 and was acting all the way through 2018. So you're looking at over 40 some years of roles and different shows that they're in and movies. And it always feels like when somebody passes away, the headline writers have to find like the two biggest you know the the biggest show or maybe two biggest shows that they were a part of and then it's Marky Post star of Night Court and The Fall Guy and there was so much more to her career that I even remember as a guest star in the mid 90s into the 2000s and then as I go back into the 80s she was in almost every big show at some point in the 80s so uh she got her start uh in 1979 uh she was on an episode of chips which i mean you can't have a 70s early 80s list of you know cultural touchstones and not include chips true Uh, then she then she was on the incredible hulk she was in one of my favorite underrated shows heart to heart uh she was in buck rogers in the 25th century she was on eight is enough uh, she was on The Greatest American Hero, which is often credited as kind of putting like superheroes, like being a successful superhero show, more so than just like the old, you know, Batman and Superman shows. Uh, she was in The Love Boat. She played Diane Chambers' best friend on Cheers. Uh, what? Yeah, way back in 1983. And that, I was like, okay. And I looked it up. And when I lived in Boston back in 2003, 2004, 2005, I worked at the original Cheers location, the Bull and Finch Pub right on uh, Boston Common. And at that time, I, I worked both in the restaurant and in the gift shop. And in the gift shop, they had only released the first season of Cheers on DVD. So we just had the first season of Cheers playing nonstop on DVD. And I worked there for, I think, almost two years. And you so knew I just, every word, didn't you? Oh, yeah, everything. And, I, and as soon as I was like, oh my gosh, that's who she, because again, I had seen her from that show and I had forgotten about it. Uh, she was on Fantasy Island twice. She was on the A-Team. And I swear I remember seeing her on the A-Team. Uh, I remember her from the Fall Guy because the Fall Guy and A-Team were both happening at the same time. I One of my first Matchbox cars I ever had was the truck from the Fall Guy. And I still have it to this day, the big brown truck. <laughs> the fact that I have that, what, going on 35 years uh, is probably a sign that I, I need to invest in some lessons about being a hoarder. 
then, of course, she had her biggest break, or the one that everybody knows about in 1984, when uh, The Fall Guy ended and she went on to be on Night Court. She was on Night Court from 1984 to 1992 for eight years. Uh, anybody thinks about... Uh, you know, Night Court, they're going to think about her and uh, John LaRiquette and Dave Anderson. But then she, once Night Court ended in 1992, she was in another series that I had completely forgot about with John Ritter called Hearts of Fire. And in 1992, after the election of Bill Clinton to the White House, there were all of these movies and TV shows. It felt like a, around politics. And there was this idea, there was the story of James Carville and uh, I think Mary Maitland, who were speechwriters on opposite sides of the election in 1992. One, I think, was working for the George Bush campaign and Carville was working for Clinton yeah. and they like fell in love and they ended up getting married. Uh, and maybe they knew each other beforehand, but then it was made into uh, the movie Speechless and this series, Hearts of Fire, was similar in that it came out kind of with this campaign staffer behind the scenes. Uh, it seemed like people were really into politics in a different way in entertainment in the 90s. Uh, and I, I don't know if that was because we had the first baby boomer president uh, in Bill Clinton or what was going on there. But I remember watching Hearts of Fire with John Ritter and she played his wife, uh, uh, Georgie Annie Lottie Hartman or Georgie Annie Lottie. Uh, then she went on to guest star on Day, uh, Day Anderson's uh, show, her her, uh, her love interest from Night Court went on to be in Dave or Dave's World, which was based off of uh, the writings of Miami Herald columnist Dave Barry, uh, which, of course, she would pop up on that again. And then another one that I completely forgot, but immediately popped into mind was that she was Mary's mom and there's something about Mary. Really? So yeah. So when, when they're at the end, when like everybody's in Mary's apartment, she's there and like you, Brett Favre shows up and like, they're all like, Wait, hold on. Is it Favre or Favre? It's, it's Favre, but in the movie, uh, Ben Stiller's character calls him Brett Favre. Oh, because okay. he, yeah, so it's, but it's Brett Favre, absolutely. I, I, it's just, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Yeah, but yeah, they they, they make a, a joke about it because he suddenly shows up. But yeah, she played her mom. And that kind of was the beginning of Marky Post going from playing like leading lady roles to playing more like mom roles. So that was 1998. Uh, and then she played... Elliot Reed's mom in Scrubs. So Sarah Chalk's uh, uh, character, she played her mom in, from 2002 to 2006 in a few episodes of Scrubs. Uh, then she would go on to play uh, the mom of Sophia Bush's character on Chicago PD from 2014 to 2017. And, and did you ever get into Chicago PD? Yes, only because of my mom. And then, I, so I still watch Chicago PD. Uh, I started with Chicago Fire, of course, then, you know, go to PD and now they've got Chicago Med and I don't watch Fire anymore, but I watch PD and Med sometimes. It was one of those things where like, I really liked Sophia Bush from One Trio and I always wanted to get into it, but I don't know if I just 
never sat down and, and watched an episode, but there are so many cop shows. Sometimes it feels overwhelming. And then there was like, like you said, there's a whole universe and I'm like, Oh, I got to watch three shows to figure out what's going on. I don't think I could do that. Fortunately you don't, but when they do the crossovers, that's where it gets yeah. a little tricky. Yeah. It's like when they used to do like the, uh, the law and order crossovers. Yeah. Like, and, and every once in a while you'll be like flipping channels and you'll see like half of a law and order crossover but then like they don't sync up because the other one, like you're watching the channel that has like the original series and syndication, but doesn't have SVU. So you can't get to see the ending. And that is like the worst feeling in the world. Yeah, I know. Well, so the, the, the crossovers you're like, I mean, they're cool, but yeah, well, it was, it, I felt the same way. And like we mentioned last week, we were talking about like the death of Superman. That was a comic book crossover where you had to buy all these different comic series to find out the full story and it was brilliant from a marketing standpoint because i'm sitting there and i i had dinner with my folks last night and my dad had just listened to last week's episode uh on the drive up to from uh, the cabin and so we were talking about how you know we he i was begging him to take me to to shinders and to the source to our local comic book stores to try to find all the different comic books to get the full story of the death of Superman uh, and those crossovers will get you every time. So uh, I have to get it. I've thought about going and getting back in and trying out Chicago PD, but it's one of those things again, where I feel like I've waited too long and it's overwhelming now. Nah, I think it's still good. Yeah. I, I love Voight. Like Vo- I, I love Voight. I mean, he does what he has to do to get it done. And, you know, he, you know, of course, if this was real life, you'd be like, Ooh, what? That's not a good, good cop. Yeah. But of course on TV, you're like, Oh, that's the best cop ever. He does what he has to do to make sure people go to jail. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I would say that I've rewatched in the last 15 months, the entire NCS NCIS series with Mark Hamill. Then you can definitely watch Chicago PD because yeah. NCIS has like 48 seasons. Yeah, no, it's it's a lot of seasons, and I was like, if I if I tackled that, then I probably should d- just go back and start Chicago PD because I I need a I need a new cop show. But Gibbs is much the same way, the Mark Hamill character. We're like the only like if this was a real person, we would not like this dude, right? <laughs> like breaking rules all over the place. But you know, it's it's a TV show, so it's okay. Right. Uh, so Chicago PD uh, was probably one of her last. Um, big series, uh, big roles that people would recognize. But uh, she was also in, and I, I think we've talked about this one because I feel like you've watched it, but Santa Clarita Diet? Yes, that's a good so one. She, so she was in an episode of that as well, mm-hmm. which I had completely forgot about. But you go through all, I mean, there, there are even more, like she was in, uh, Transformers series. There was, of course, like the 30 Rock episode that we talked about before. She was on one of the strangest series that ran for a long time, Ghost Whisperer. How did that, how was that a thing? Jennifer Love Hewitt talking about Oh, and to it was huge. It was like a big deal. I was like, how, what? Why is this a thing? Uh, she was on an episode of Back in the Game, which is on Adam's list of shows that I fell in love with that only lasted one season. Uh, It was Maggie Lawson from Psych uh, as a single mom who is 
move back home and her dad is a baseball coach and she becomes the te- the coach of her son's baseball team and i thought it was you know great and it was gonna go in the last like 10 episodes before it got canceled so <laughs> my apologies to about it uh which i you know it was james con maggie lawson it was great i don't know why it didn't do better she she appeared in that uh it's amazing when you look at somebody who was in hollywood 40 years of credits and being in films and guest appearances you can definitely go through her entire history and find a thread like you could play six degrees of seven kevin bacon super easily just using Marky Post and the shows that she and movies that she's been in that she was in over the last 40 years. So uh, I highly recommend if you saw the, the headlines and you heard, you know, oh, just star of Night Court or maybe they mentioned Night Court and Fall Guy uh, to dig a little deeper. Um, you can mm-hmm. find, as I mentioned, Night Court available uh, to stream on. It's only available to buy. You can't stream it anywhere for free uh but the fall guy is available on apple tv so you can watch it there uh there was another series called odd man out which was on tgi friday that i forgot to mention uh so it was part of abc television it was tgi friday tg tgif sorry tgif was their big comedy block uh it only lasted one season but she played the mom in that one uh, there you can find Hearts of the Fire, which is the series with her and John Ritter, uh, is available to stream on Apple uh, as well as Amazon. Uh, then, of course, Chicago PD, which evidently Adam is going to uh, start watching again or start watching for the first time because I've never watched it, even though I think I think to, you'll like it. I do. Uh, is available out there. As well. I, I, yeah, I'm sure I will. It's like, and I think. I was going to do it. And then Sophia Bush left the show. And I was like, wow, she was kind of like my hook to start. So now I know she doesn't, she leaves after a while. So do I really want to, you know, put my uh, hopes and dreams into it? And then have it, it, it remains good after she leaves, just uh, FYI. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hearts of Fire is available on IMDb, IMDb TV, which is incredible. If you don't, if you haven't tried out IMDb TV yet, uh, I highly recommend you you check it out because it is kind of where I think we mentioned it a couple times before. It's where all these older series have fallen to because they got dropped from Netflix or mm-hmm. Amazon Prime or Hulu. They're they're not you know the the big buzzwords anymore. But you can watch the entire season of Hearts of Fire with John Ritter and Marky Post on IMDb for free. You know what's uh, funny and- is I actually started Shit's Creek on IMDb TV. Oh really? I didn't yeah. realize they were on there. Yeah, I don't know if it's still on there because now it, like because right when I started watching it was when everybody started talking about it again. So it might not be on there because it's on Netflix now. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's Billy Bob Thornton is in this Hearts of Fire series and it, it comes on Pluto TV sometimes because I use Pluto and uh, okay. every once in a while it'll come on like on the weekends when they change up the lineup, it'll come up on like overnights. It'll come on. And it's really funny to see Billy Bob Thornton in a TV show. Yeah. Yeah, it, that and John Ritter and it's just classic '80s '90s sitcom people, and it's well written. And uh, I wish that you know it was one of those things that I'd completely forgot about. But you can 
catch that on IMDb TV. And as a remembrance of all the things that Marky Post was in where you said, oh yeah, that, that lady. That's when I, again, heard that she had passed. I was like, oh, it's really sad. But I think it's one of the neat things about having a career that long is that when people start to look back into it, you find all the places where you've already encountered them as a performer and all the memories that come with it. And I think that is, I mean, my dream when I was a little kid or when I was in high school or in college was to become a star. But at this point, I just want to be in as many different TV shows and having a credit. So when I pass away, there is an entire list somebody like me has to go through and remembers, oh yeah, he played, you know, the uncle in that show and he was the dead body in this one and he was the favorite <laughs> over here. And he was that really creepy lawyer. You're like, yeah, that's uh, that's my new goal. So I want to have a career like uh, that guy in that show or in this case, that lady from that show, Marky Post. All right, that's a good, that's a good A-side. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, Adam, before we go, mm-hmm. website. Oh, yes. Uh, I was like, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like if there was a cartoon of Adam's brain, it was just all the little like emotion. Like if it was inside out, all my little emotion people stopping, looking at each other and then running around panicked because they don't know <laughs> what is supposed to be happening. Uh, so it is a side, b side podcast.square.site. Good job. So you can head on over to A-Side-B-Side uh, podcast.square.site and you can check out photos. We've got sources. We've got links to those sources. Also, we've got merch like coffee mugs. We've got masks. We've got sweatshirts. You know, I know it's summertime and you're thinking who wants a sweatshirt, but you know, sometimes it's cold in a restaurant. Yeah. No, and, it, and it's, I mean, my kids are going back to school next week. So mm-hmm. they're already back to school here. Yeah, it's and fall's coming. And it, mm-hmm. I mean, granted, global warming, maybe we won't need sweatshirts till December, but <laughs> it, at some point we will. I got a lot of sweatshirts. Like, I am not prepared from a clothing standpoint, uh, in my wardrobe for global warming. I, yeah. I got way too many, I got way too many jackets and hoodies. And yeah, I have yeah. a ton of sweatshirts, and then I have a ton of our sweatshirts. Yeah. Um, also you can buy us a coffee like, uh, your, your friend Janice does. Um, thank you so much, Janice Fringer, because that's amazing. Uh, she, she supports us on a regular basis. So she definitely deserves that shout out. And and, and is one of the many who reminded me that I should probably diversify my, that guy in that show at some point. (laughs) So you can head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash a side b side pod. All of that money goes towards promotion, production, and actual coffee. So um yeah. Uh also <laughs> we've got social medias, we've got Facebook, we've got Instagram, we've got a Twitter. You can instant message us, you can private message us, you can direct message us, any kind of message us, email message us at a side b side podcasts at gmail.com and uh, submit a story idea, maybe another that girl from that show, or uh, maybe you've got a hometown story that you'd like us to look into. Love those. Um, so let us know. And we would love it. And appreciate we love and appreciate you already, but even more so if you'd head on over to Apple to over to iTunes and give us a rating slash review. Yeah, Spotify as well. 
Can you rate on Spotify? I think so. You um, can like it. You can follow us. Yeah. I mean, that's good. Yeah. yeah. We'd appreciate a follow. Yeah. Share follow. it. We've got a YouTube. You can subscribe, yeah. like, subscribe, share on YouTube. One of these times we should just like do an act. We do this on Zoom. We should have the camera on and make people watch us. Do, would you want to do that? Do I know? But I think it would be interesting. <laughs> One of those things where like I'd rush it and be like, mm, that's what I'm doing with my face the whole time. Oh. <laughs> oh. It's like when I when I first took the mask off this spring and I'd been working in the restaurant for a year with the mask on and I had to relearn my face because <laughs> I may may not have been doing real good with the poker face behind the mask when, when some things were happening. So I got to, had to relearn that. That is the really good thing about the mask that you can make faces or mumble things and people have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've had, and I have what I like, you know, like there is the social idea of, of resting bitch face sorry mm-hmm. for the language rbf uh, mm-hmm. rbf i believe that i have a variation of rbf and it's called disappointed dad face so it's it, it's not so you have ddf i have ddf yeah it, it's not that i'm i'm mad at you i just i wish you hadn't done that right and that is, that is how my face looks at rest so after not seeing it for a year, my coworkers for like the first month were all like, Adam, are you okay? Like, and you're like, happened? yep, that's just my face. Oh, this is just my face. Yeah, I'm just sort of disappointed in you at all, at all times. I apologize, but that's, that's how I look. Uh, I don't, I'm not actually disappointed in you. So then I'll like realize I'm doing that because somebody will ask me and then I'll put on like this ridiculous like smile and people are like, that's worse. Don't. You look, <laughs> you look like, like the Joker. Like, Stop it! Yeah, you look like the Joker's laughing gas, and your face is frozen into a, like a laugh, and that's just not good. So let's let's go back to disappointed dad because that's uh, that's at least something we understand. <laughs> Faces, I tell you, oh, man. Well, both Adam and I, big proponents for the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is our podcast, so we can say that. If you don't like yeah. it. Mm- you know, at work, I can't say that, but here no. I can say it because it's mine. But no, seriously. In Minnesota, if you have, they're giving you a hundred dollars. Seriously? Yeah. There was I'm, a, I, there was a I lottery was here. I, go back. <laughs> I, I got the J and J one. Can I like upgrade for a hundred bucks? <laughs> there was a lottery here. You had, you could enter and you had a shot at a million dollars or like groceries for life. I was like, Either way, I'm good. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, who 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 gets to that decision is like, hmm, a million dollars or groceries. <laughs> but I'm like, but it's. Do you know how much I spend on groceries? That's yeah, I'll I, take I, groceries. But it's not like you can't like turn around and invest the groceries. True, but, but all the money you would have market. spent on groceries, you can now yeah, invest. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I would just, I feel like I would just, that would be a bad thing for me because I'd be like, well, I'm not paying for these. I'm going to get everything. And then I'm just like sitting there with like a giant case of ho-hos that I don't like I'm really. Sh- I'm eat. sure you get a monthly limit, but still. Yeah. But I'd end up buying all the wrong stuff that I'd have to go grocery shopping anyway. I'd be like, why do, why do I have every flavor of, flavor of gummy worm? Because I could. As long as they're Albanese. 
because those are those are the best. Oh, I don't even. I I just get the gummy. What is it? The gummy crawlers. Trolley. Trolley is is my brand. I mean, yeah. trolley is good, but Albanese, it's top notch. Al, I don't even. Where do you Albanese? Mm-hmm. Like the city Albany? Like they own it? No, it's <laughs> it's A L B A N E S E. I think it is. Yeah, I've never seen these. Mm, they're good. Oh, and by the way, real fast side note, because I know you love Mountain Dew. I do. I do. You know Mountain I Dew do. is coming out with an alcoholic beverage. I didn't. That is that what? Mm-hmm. Well, I know. So Mountain Dew used to be a mixer before it was a soda. It was mm-hmm. you know it was like sour Mountain Dew create alcohol and Boston beer. What? How did I miss this? <laughs> so I'm sure this will be something you'll be serving soon. Oh, well, I mean, maybe we don't even have Mountain Dew on tap or we don't even have Mellow Yellow. It's, it's we have, what? we have a very strange selection of, don't get me started. We got Mr. Pibb. Like no one has Mr. Pibb. Mr. Over Pibb Mellow is, Yellow? Over Mellow Yellow. And we've got uh, Fruit Punch, which I I mean, I'm down for the fruit punch. That's cool. Yeah, but yeah, we don't have Mel Yellow. I don't know why, <laughs> but it's probably good because I just drink a lot of it. Instead, I try to drink water. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but like, what a lame name. Hard Mountain Dew. Okay. <laughs> Maybe they're trying to compete with Mark's Mike's like, hard cider. That's Come on. I guess. I mean, the the cans look cool. I mean, you've got regular black cherry. There's a watermelon. Not sure about that. I think it's just those three. I think. Interesting. That It sounds like a ridiculous idea, but I'm not surprised. Because Pepsi, Pepsi's got a gold mine with the Mountain Dew stuff. Because mm-hmm. they, they figured out that they could just spin that off and have like Baja Black. Like Mountain Dew became its own Pepsi. Yeah. Yeah, you can have, you got all the different, you got your code reds, you know, like orange, whatnot. I'm just, I'm a purist. I'm that, I'm surprised that that code red is not going to be an alcoholic one. Well, the black cherry, that sure looks like a code red. Mm. And you got zero sugar. Yeah. I don't know how, don't know how that's going to taste like Mountain Dew. I know, right? <laughs> I, I am on record saying that I love Mountain Dew to a ridiculous level, like, there was a, a mural of a bunch of high school students in high school. And when they drew me, I asked, my mural character was a caricature, had a 20 ounce of Mountain Dew so people could tell it was me in his hand. And I used to, you know, drink 20, like two liter bottles in a day. I mean, my dentists are real excited about that. But <laughs> there is nothing worse on earth than diet Mountain Dew. When they Ew. take the- when they take the sugar out, it's not right. So I don't know if taking the sugar out and replacing it with, maybe, maybe this is the jump the shark moment for malt beverage. It's very possible. Yeah. I'll give it a try, but if it tastes like White Claw or something, I'm not going to like it. Yeah, it, it's probably just going to taste like a White Claw. Which, Gross. That's not, that's not my jam. I mean, Not mine either. I mean, if I, if I want something that tastes like White, white Claw, I'll get some... Jolly Ranchers and some Zima and sink that bo- sink that Jolly Rancher to the bottom of the Zima and boom, that's better than a white cloth. 
Oh man. All right. So there you go. That's another episode of a side B side. Do you have anything else? Adam? I'm just excited. This is also a Mountain Dew podcast now. So I have so many more, to, so much more to add. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Brooke. As always, thank you for listening to A-Side, B-Side podcast. If you enjoy the show, please, if you don't mind, head on over to Apple and leave us a rating or a review. And if you'd like to continue to support the podcast, you can do so by heading on over to Patreon or you can buy us a coffee, as well as buying merch on our website, asidebsidepodcast.square.site. From Adam and I at A-Side, B-Side podcast, please remember to wear your mask, social distance if you're around people that don't live in your household, and just be safe and happy. Thanks again from us here at A-Side B-Side Podcast.